live from Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I know mentally he's ready to go, physically he's ready to go, and um, maybe have to contain the emotions a little bit for him. But, um, you know, that part, once you get into the game, you get hit a little bit, uh, hopefully he'll settle in and, and play good football. Hockey collapses. He takes off to the goal line. Touchdown, Stidham. Six the hard way. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Here I am. <laughs> Woo. I just heard the loudest screeching sound ever in my ears before we got started. But that's the way to wake up the building, man. That's what we're at. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings on a Friday. And we are, it's always an adventure, Raider Nation. It is always an adventure when we do what we do here at Buffalo Wild Wings. But we're having a good time. We're going to have a good time. I guarantee we have a good time on this Friday, the last show that we do for the year. Appreciate you, Harry. Harry Ruiz just got wrapped up, and he did some voodoo magic. And I don't know what it was, but he did something, and it was like some big, loud pop. And now here we are, Magic. 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard is the spot. Every single Friday we're at a different Buffalo Wild Wings, and uh, this is the one we're at now. So come on by, hang out. We're here for the next three hours. We've got some prizes here for you. Uh, Coors Light's going to be rolling out some more prizes in just a little bit, but we've got some Raider Nation hookup. we got some UNLV tickets. we got all kind of stuff to give out, and why not, right? Come on by and get hooked up. It's already, it's already popping in here, man. They've got the games on. The Sun Bowl is on. Uh, all the TVs have some kind of action on, and uh, all we need is you. Get the drink specials going, get the food specials going, get the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's heading into the New Year's, so you might as well leave work early. Work is so overrated. I say it all the time. If it's Friday, what are you working for, right? Tell your boss, look, I'm out. We can talk about this next year. That's how you do it. Do it with your chest. When you go tell your boss that you're leaving work, be like, look, talk to me about work next year. All right, we'll worry about this next year. I'm out. And then if they get mad at you, don't, don't come towards me because I didn't do it. I'm just, I'm just trying to give you some courage. I'm giving you a, a tip, some advice on what you should do. But uh, don't get yourself in too much trouble. But come on by and hang out with us because why not? We like to have a lot of people hanging out with us here at Buffalo Wild Wings, and that's what we're doing as of right now. we got a lot coming up on the show today. We really don't have too much wiggle room, but we're going to make it do what it do. Coming up at 2.30, Robert Mays from The Athletic. He'll join us. He does a fantastic podcast for The Athletic, covering all things NFL. But, of course, we're going to focus in on the silver and black. We'll focus in on Derek Carr, the situation uh, with him and the Raiders and what the Raiders moving forward. And, of course, Jarrett Stidham is going to get the start the next two weeks. And then whatever happens after that happens, there's a lot of speculation of who could be the quarterback in 2023, if the Raiders could go draft a guy, bring in a veteran, there's a lot of conversations out there. But Robert Mays from The Athletic will join us at 2.30 to give us his thoughts. Joel Corey, my good friend from CBS Sports, is going to join the show, and he is a contract expert. He is a former uh, NFL agent, uh, and he has, he has all the details on any kind of contract situation, any kind of uh, question that you may have, he'll have the answer for it. So what we'll do, and we'll take – Text at the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r coming up at 3 o'clock when Joel comes on. You can ask us any question to ask him, right? Because I know there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of questions about, you know, can you trade Derek Carr when his contract goes into effect three days after the Super Bowl? The new league year doesn't start till March. How can the Raiders do that? What's the deal with the saving the $40 million? There's a bunch of arguments back and forth. And I'm like the guy who I don't like to, to, to have a bunch of arguments back and forth. I like to get to the bottom of it and get to the bottom of the solution. So we'll ask an agent, okay, what are the details? What's going on? If Derek Carr, if you were representing him, what would, the, what would be going on right now with you? So Joel Corey, very excited to have him on from CBS Sports. He'll join the show at 3 o'clock. At 3.30, Vinny Bonsignor, he was supposed to join the show yesterday, but he had some uh, 
investigating reporting to do. Let's put it like that. He had some work to do, so he wasn't able to join us. But uh, we're going to double back with Vinny uh, at 3.30 this afternoon and get his thoughts on everything moving forward, including the game, because at the end of the day, there's still two games left to be played. It feels like the offseason has come early for the Raiders, right? I mean, we, we love football. We love the NFL season. We love the fact that there's an extra game. But for the silver and black, it just kind of feels like, you know, it might not even be really a game week because everything that's gone on this, this uh, week. But at the end of the day, there is. There's a game on Sunday, and there's a game the following Sunday. And, best, and guess what? They're home games. So I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to be excited. To be back at Allegiant Stadium two more times is, is going to be great, and uh, I can't wait to do it. So uh, we'll talk to Vinny Bonsignor about everything Raiders, including the game, coming up on Sunday. At 4 o'clock, Mike Sando from The Athletic. He'll join the show. It's funny, we got a couple guys from The Athletic today, and, and Mike Sando's a really good dude. He always does, um, like, the, the, the peers – or the tiers when it comes to quarterbacks, like are you a tier one quarterback, tier two, tier three? And he's normally ranked Derek Carr around, you know, tier two-ish, high tier two, or no, low tier two, high tier three, whatever the case may be, right? I mean, he, he puts them around where we always say around 10, 12, 15 at the worst. And so uh, he's put out some pieces, uh, and he's talking about quarterback betrayal index. So it's got this uh, piece he put out on The Athletic. Derek Carr's benching compels update to quarterback betrayal index. Uh, Carr won a 92 quarterbacks to end of the league since 2000 and start 20 times. So seven of the 92 got worse support from their defense and special teams. So basically um, he's saying that Derek Carr didn't get too much help from the defense of the special teams his whole career while he was with the Silver and Black. And so, of course, a lot of people have said that as they called in throughout the course of the show uh, the, the last uh, couple days, have said that, yeah, but what about the defense, Q? What about the special teams, Q? What about this? What about that? And you're not wrong. You're not wrong, and Mike Sando has a lot to uh, say about that. So he'll join us at 4 o'clock, and then Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com, he'll join us at 4.30 as he does each and every week to kind of talk some money lines. We'll talk about, uh, you know, some of the NFL games going on in week 16, or week 17, excuse me. I'll ask him about uh, the Cowboy game from last night as they beat the, the DeMond's Titans. And, DeMond, I'm not trying to rub it in your face, but the Titans, man, they're just not a very good team. And Joshua Dobbs, he did the best he could at the quarterback position. He'll probably start next week in a game that, well, the Titans have to have against the Jaguars. But uh, I didn't, I wasn't too impressed by what I saw last night from your Titans, my man. Well, nobody was, Q. They, <laughs> they, 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 they mailed it in. It was a game. I know it's the NFL and you want to win every one. But that was a, hey, the playoffs start next week for the Titans. Winning your in against Jacksonville. That's all that matters. That's, and, and see, I don't, I, don't, I don't subscribe to that because they haven't been playing well anyway. So I think that they need to get – I know you don't believe in it, but they need to get some good momentum on their side and play really well. And going up against the Cowboys, they could have done that. But uh, If, if they you have the best it, game in the world and still lose to Jacksonville, you don't, you don't make the playoffs anyway. So it's all about Jacksonville, Q. But if you're not playing good anyway heading into the game, what does that matter? And right now they're playing terrible. Going to be they, healthy going into Jacksonville. Okay, so you're, you're going to be healthy and terrible. So that's better. I like, man, I'd rather be banged up and, and, and terrible. At least I know that I left it all out the line. <laughs> Derrick Henry has the best game of his career, but he has a bad ankle going into Jacksonville. Who wants that? Okay. All right. Well, oh, we'll see. We'll, playoffs matter. Make Getting it in, right? Because then it's anything. You're right. You're right. But I think every game matters. So that's that's just me. So uh, there wasn't a very good performance from your squad. But maybe you're right. Maybe next week they'll show up and show out, and all of a sudden there'll be a playoff team and everything will be forgotten. I don't, I don't believe in that, but – Hey, you know, whatever whatever makes you sleep better at night. I know that game, the way they played, sure couldn't have made you feel better at night. But that's okay. So Lee Sterling will join us at 4.30. So those are the guests have coming up on the show today. Robert Mays from The Athletic at 2.30. Joel Corey from CBS Sports at 3. Vinny Bonsignor at 3.30. Mike Sando also from The Athletic at 4. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports at 4.30. And there's a chance that we may have a surprise guest some point of the show. And I'm not going to say who it is.
deal. I don't want to get myself excited and hyped up. But there is a potential that we'll have one more guest on the show at some point. If we do, it'll be fantastic. So uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. But now that you know the guests coming up on the show, you know we're at Buffalo Wild Wings. Come on by and hang out with us. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So, got a couple different things I want to talk about. First of all, there is a game going on on Sunday, as I mentioned, and I like to call it the Battle of the Bay by way of Vegas, since we know it's no longer in the Bay. But to me, you know, as a, as an old head, I'll call myself an old head, and uh, as as an old head, it still means something to me. The the Raiders and Niners squaring up with each other, and I'm I'm like Lincoln Kennedy. And matter of fact, we have a soundbite from Lincoln Kennedy that uh, he had on the Raiders roundtable on a Tuesday about the about the the Battle of the Bay, what it meant to play against the the Forty Niners, and you know how he felt. And I'm like him, yeah, man. Even if it's a preseason game, it still means something. I mean, there was times when I was uh, in the Bay, or I was even living in Fresno, working at a radio station, and it, we would do we'd make bets. We'd make bets with other, you know, other guys. Like I would be the obviously the Raider fan, and there would be a Niner fan, and we'd make bets on a preseason game. Like nobody bets on a preseason game, but we would, you know, either have to do a stunt where the the guy who whatever team lost went out to the street and got eggs thrown at him or something. I mean, like it was a real deal stuff. Like it meant something, and that was even a preseason game. But it's just one of those things. It's it's bragging rights, right? And I know that there's a a lot of 49er fans that are going to be at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday that are going to be trying to talk trash just for the fact that there's so many of them in Allegiant Stadium. So I'm assuming and I'm hoping that Raider Nation shows up and shows out at Allegiant Stadium and has a good time. Now, when I say show out, I don't mean like the crazy lady that showed out against the Patriots uh, guy and uh, really made an ass of herself. Uh, I don't know if you saw it on social media, but she was all up in his face and was just really being rude and disrespectful. I'm not saying that way. I'm saying show out like be loud, right? When the team needs you to be loud, be loud, right? When, when, when they score a touchdown, cheer. You know, just show, show who you are. Show your pride. But don't, I mean, don't be disrespectful to to a, another fan that spends their money to go check out the game uh, like that lady was. And I don't know if that lady, if that ever came to some kind of uh, resolution. I know that the Raiders, you know, did right by the, the fan, and I know the Patriots did right by the fan. Uh, I don't know if they ever found that lady, though, and, and, and han- handled their business with her. They should have. That was really rude and disrespectful. It's really a bad look. Everyone's saying, oh, that's a typical uh, Raider fan. No, it's not. It's just an obnoxious person that was probably drunk out of their mind and had no idea what she was doing, but – uh, she made, you know, made herself and her, her family for sure because I think her husband was with her uh, look really, really bad. So I, that's what I'm, I'm hoping that you show up and show up. But I want you to hear this sound from Lincoln Kennedy. I got a couple different uh, topics for the show today. And, you know, of course, we're going three hours long, three hours strong. I want you to hear this sound bite from Lincoln Kennedy on just what the Battle of the Bay meant to him. And, and really, we got into this because I was asking him about that 49er defensive line and the Raiders' offensive line and how big of a challenge is that going to be. And he actually took that conversation and took it to the Battle of the Bay. Check it out. Well, here's the thing. This 49ers defense knows the, the – what, what's the best way? Knows the presence that this, this, this rivalry used to have mm-hmm. when they were in Oakland. Trust me when I tell you guys. But once upon a time, I used to take pride in the Bay Area rivalry. Right. I didn't care if it was preseason – regular season, whatever. It was the Raiders versus the 49ers. It was a Bay, Bay Area battle. Battle of the Bay. Yep. Battle of the Bay that went small. Now, these young guys don't realize that. It's it's not there for them. These new guys, it, it's not there for them. <laughs> but uh, trust me when I tell you, when talking to 49er people, they understand it. <laughs> they want to they do it. So, you know, to answer your question, Q, I'm hoping 
that these guys can resonate that feeling of pride, that feeling of a rivalry that once was to go up against the 49ers. It's so much more than just another football game. So there's Lincoln Kennedy. That was on the Raider roundtable that myself, JT the Brick, and him recorded on Tuesday at the Raiders uh, practice facility, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And so he's talking about what it meant to him. So I want to throw it out there. One of the topics for the show today is what does the Battle of the Bay mean to you? What does this game, I know it, the shine is off of it a little bit because of Derek Carr not being there, but I'm one of those cats that I don't give a damn who it is that's suiting up in the silver and black. I'm pulling for him. And I'm hoping that they go out there and win. Just like in 2016 when Derek Carr wasn't there to play the Houston Texans in the, in the playoff game and everyone was rooting for Connor Cook, who was getting his first career start ever. <laughs> ever, right? I mean, he, he was getting his first career start in a playoff game against Jadavion Clowney and company. And they lost that game. But I'll tell you what, if they had a quarterback that was worth the salt, they probably would have won the game because Houston wasn't very good. And they made a trip to New England and lost the very next week. But I was pulling for Connor Cook. I didn't think he was going to do great because it, he had never been out there. But he was in a Raider uniform. He was a starting quarterback. I thought, okay, you know what? Going to have this dude's back. I'm going to, you know, pull on, cheer for the Raiders as much as I can. I was in the press box, so obviously you can't do any cheering in there. But, I mean, in my heart, like I am every single Sunday or Monday or Thursday or Saturday, whatever day it is and I'm in the press box, I'm, hey, still pulling for the team, always. I mean, still, still bleeding silver and black. So the Battle of the Bay to me means a lot. Again, though, I, I like to consider myself an old head. I'm 46, so I, I think that, that that's something, right? I, I remember sitting around spots like I'm at right now, Buffalo Wild Wings, and, and, and talking trash to my friends that were Niner fans. I mean, it, it meant something, right? I mean, to, to run with a bunch of buddies that were all Niner fans, and then it's like, oh, man, come on, man, I'm a Raider, right? I'm a Raider. It just, it just felt different, man. You know, it just, it just did. So it, it means a whole lot to me. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I really don't. I have no idea what the showing is going to look like from the team come Sunday. But, you know, I mentioned it on the show earlier this week that I would love to see those guys challenge each other in the locker room and go out there and, and play for, you know, that, that, that shield on their, on, on their jersey, that shield on the side of their helmet, go out there and play for the name on the front and back of their jerseys, right? I mean, just because, you know, the, the circumstances aren't ideal, I mean, since when has that ever stopped the Raiders, right? How many times have the Raiders have less than ideal circumstances? The Raiders have had guys get injured at quarterback, and then all of a sudden another quarterback go in there and lead them to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, I mean, things happen. You know, you have to replace guys. You have to move on. You know, I, I said it before, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to anybody, but I was a fan of, of the Raiders before Derek Carr. I'll be a fan afterwards. You know, regardless of how you feel about him sitting down and not, you know, being the starting quarterback, I mean, it's still, there's still a team that, that, that is representing what you've always cheered for and you've always been a fan of and you got super excited about you know, people like Just Win Wendy. I know she's making her way here right now. You know, hit me up earlier. Hey, I'm leaving Oakland. I'm on my way. I'll see you there. I'll see you at the torch. Right? That's a sense of pride. She's been a fan longer than 2014. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> you know? And I'm just using one per person for example because, you know, she was someone that I talked to recently. You know? Got my man Kevin from Tucson. He's here. He's in the building. He came from Tucson. You think he came here just to see four or he came to see the Raiders? Came to see the Raiders. Right? Again, circumstance is not, you know, ideal. I get it. You know, I'm not trying to poo-poo on the, on, on the guy that's not going to be out there playing. But, I mean, at the end of the day, as much as I hate hearing Coach speak and saying it's the next man up, it's the next man up. <laughs> right? So I'm expecting that team to go out there and play with some pride, have that defense go out there and play with some pride. Look, Brock Purdy ain't Joe Montana. He's done well, but he's not Joe Montana. He's not Steve Young. He's still Brock Purdy. You know, I mean, he still has a lot of learning to do. He's still a rookie. You know, Christian McCaffrey is a hell of a player. 
It's not like the Raiders haven't played Christian McCaffrey and done well against them before. He did play in Carolina. Raiders played well against Christian McCaffrey. I mean, there's, they're not a team that's undefeatable. I know that they're 10-point fa- uh, fa- underdogs right now, which is kind of disrespectful. If I'm the team, I'm, I'm kind of disrespe- feel disrespected by that. They were five-point uh, underdogs before the benching the car, and then all of a sudden that doubled to 10. I would, I'd feel some kind of way. Like, man, you think that we ain't worth the salt? We ain't nothing now without him? Come on, man. You know, again, I don't know what to expect. I do know one thing. Whenever there's adversity in an in a organization, and this is something that happens quite a, quite a bit, quarterback gets sat down, coach gets fired, something happens, that team usually goes out at least that next week and plays pretty damn well. I mean, just go back and look at the history. I'm not trying to gas you up. Go back and look at the history of the NFL. When things happen, and we can go back to even last year when Rich Passaccia took over the first week for Gruden, right? They went to Denver. What they do? They won, <laughs> right? Jeff, I can take it to this season. Jeff Saturday replaces Frank Reich in, in Indianapolis. He comes to Legion Stadium. What happens? They win. Baker Mayfield takes over at quarterback for the Rams after two days of being with the team. Team rallied around and won. Stranger things have happened. You know, most likely we'll probably know the outcome of this game. But it's still, there should be some sense of pride still. It should mean something to you. So want to know what the game means to you. And then in the spirit of New Year's Eve, and I know it's not New Year's Eve till tomorrow, but in the spirit of New Year's Eve, and by the time we take the airwaves again, it will actually be New Year's. At 10 a.m., matter of fact, on, uh, on Sunday, I'll be at the Torch for Q's kickoff, the pregame to the pregame show. Then we'll pass the sticks on to JT the Brick and Eric Allen at 11 a.m. to lead you all the way up to kickoff with Jason Horowitz and Lincoln Kennedy. 105 is the kickoff. You can hear the game right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. But in the spirit of New Year's, everyone puts out resolutions, right? So if you can make a New Year's resolution for the Raiders, what would it be? One. One New Year's resolution. Because you know a lot of folks make them. I don't even make them. I haven't made a New Year's resolution in years because no one ever keeps them. <laughs> right? No one ever keeps them. But if you could just make a New Year's resolution for the Raiders, just one, what would it be? Hit us up and let us know about it. 702-365-9200, the two topics that I have out there. What does the Battle of the Bay mean to you? What does this game on Sunday mean to you, Raiders and Niners? And what would your one New Year's resolution be for the Silver and Black? Let's go out to the phone lines. Let's talk to Mr. Black in Hawaii. Welcome to the show, my man. How's it, Q? Good, good. Uh, yeah, I'm 64. So the Battle of the Bay stuff uh, goes way back. And it actually all started when uh, Al Davis decided to move the Raiders to L.A., uh, it started with all the fans. There was really no battle to the pay until then yeah. because the Niner fans started jumping on all us Raider fans. Well, you need to switch over, man. You know, you need to switch over to the 49ers because your team's leaving. And they, and that started causing everything. We said, hey, if you're if the Niners left, we're not going to tell you to jump over to the Raiders because that's right. your team. Right. And I actually got in fights and everything. Over. It was really <laughs> bad. Yeah. It was yeah, really yeah. bad back then. Yeah. And my New Year's resolution, you're not going to want to hear it. but That's uh, okay. Hey, it's all good. It's your New Year's resolution. I don't mind hearing it. For the Raiders, yeah, is to get rid of this coach, this okay. unproven coach. You know, our six wins have nothing. Our six wins are, are from the players, not from the coach. This guy's a disaster. And next season, I'm sorry to say, it's going to be just as bad. Uh, uh, the Niner game. I say 35 to 42 to maybe six. And same with the uh, Chiefs game, probably 42 to maybe nine. It's just the way it is. It's unfortunate. I love them, but, uh, oh, well, that's the way it goes. 
All right. Thank you so much, my man. You be safe there in Hawaii, man. Enjoy the New Year's. And there you go. The Battle of the Bay meant a lot to you going way back in the day. I appreciate that. And your New Year's resolution, you want to give back to Coach. Okay. I mean, hey, you know, you can do that. You can only do that so many times, right? I mean, that's the one thing I, I, I keep saying. Regardless how you feel about the coach, the, the, one of the worst habits ever is to replace a coach year after year after year after year. Now, I don't know if the coach is going to work out. I'll be the first to tell you. I don't know. He's got a lot to prove. In my opinion, and it's just my opinion, he has a lot to prove this upcoming year. Because if he decides he's going to make this move, that move, and the other, then he's got to prove that, hey, I knew why I was making these moves. And unfortunately, and I hate to tell anybody to, it's a wait-and-see process, <laughs> but unfortunately... That's what it is. Uh, 702-365-9200. Let's go back out to the phone line. Uh, Raider Rondez, you're up next. What's on your mind? Hey, what's up, Q? How you doing, man? I'm blessed, man. Hey, I just want to kind of speak my piece on D.C. real quick. Um, I just want to, you know, I'm grateful for all of his time here. You know, he brought stability to our franchise. Uh, I've been a fan since I was 10 years old, so the year 2000. Uh, up until, you know, that early success that I witnessed, which made me become a Raiders fan. We've been pretty much trash, you know, since then. Uh, you know, the, the the years of stability with Derek Carr, even though it wasn't, you know, what we hoped for, I'm grateful for because up until D.C., we didn't know anything about that. You know, we've been through the carousel of quarterbacks and everything like that. And, you know, I, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm upset, but, you know, you know what the crazy thing is? Nothing happens if no, – or nothing changes if nothing changes. And, unfortunately, D.C. couldn't get it done, you know. Um I feel, you know, he couldn't elevate the players around him. He's good, but he needs a lot of help. And unfortunately, in this day and age of NFL, you can't win like that. Uh, he's got to be able to, you know, do more. And unfortunately, he couldn't do that. So I'm thankful. I'm grateful all the times I've watched him uh, play, you know, all the good memories. But uh, the one thing I want uh, for this game to happen is I hope we get upset then, man. I hate the Niners. <laughs> right. I'm born and raised in Vegas. There you uh, go. I know the history of the Battle of the Bay. I despise them. I know a lot of fans, Niner fans live here, and so I hope they leave sad. <laughs> That's I hope right. They upset them, you know. I want Jared Stidham to ball the hell out. You know, I want this team to win. I don't care who, who plays for this team. Win yeah. the tie, Raiders till I die. It doesn't matter about the name on the back of the jersey. It's the name on the shield. You know, Raiders. There you go. There you go. Just I, baby, that's all I want. And, and for this team, my New Year's resolution. Yeah. I, what I want them to do is, you know. Commitment to excellence. It's on our freaking slogans everywhere. You know, I know it's plastered across headquarters everywhere in the locker room and everything. Yeah. If they just stick their mind to that, like, it's the Raider way. Play with pride and poise. Just win, you know? I like it. It, it hurts me to see this, this this team go through this. You know, our, our fan base, you know, you're diehard just like me. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's tough, man. We live and die with this team as much as we hate to say it. It affects our lives. <laughs> right, but at the end of the day, we pay our hard money, so we should have a say in this. It does matter, you know. I hope Mark Davis realizes this, and I hope the rest of the nation can just, you know, hold on for for as long as we can. You know, I know it sucks. It's been a lot of losing, especially this year. This year has been absolute madness. I, I I don't understand how this team has been losing games like this, but it's just crazy. And I think this year we just got to flush it down the toilet, and you know, do our best to pick ourselves back up. And take a hold of this, this this team. You know, we got a lot of talent. It's there. We all see it. That's the maddening part about it. You know, thank God for DC, but he know he just couldn't get it done. And that right. was the sad part about it. You know, so inconsistent. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to succeed. I thought he was going to win a Super Bowl. You know, 
he had the intangibles, but he just could never be consistent enough. And that was our downfall, you know, it was year nine. It yep. shouldn't happen, happen for a year nine quarterback. Gotcha. Hey, good, good stuff, my man. Thank you. A lengthy call right there, but good stuff right there. I appreciate you. And, yeah, man, the, the, uh, you know, the, the game should mean a lot. It really should. And I like, I like your energy and your fire, you know, and I know there are a lot of Raider fans here. There's a lot of Niner fans here. And, uh, yeah, it would be nothing better than to see a bunch of Niner fans leaving Allegiant Stadium upset. That would be fantastic, right? I would be all for that. Cucamonga Raider, hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Even though I'm not from the Bay Area, the game means a lot to me as far as bragging rights. There's a lot of bandwagon fans down here in SoCal. That includes my brother-in-law, who I will not hear the end of it if they win. In fact, he's been in my ear all week, every week, about how much we suck. Just a reminder, Nation, a 1-11 Raiders beat a Kaepernick-led team fighting for a playoff spot back in 2014. I was at that game. It was beautiful seeing a sea of red leave the Coliseum, including my brother-in-law. It would be beautiful if we could repeat that, Nation. Let's go as Cucamonga Raider. And that's the thing about it, man. In these kind of games, it doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter who's out there. It's, it's, about, it's about dubs and L's, like what you've got to do to win the game. It's, it's, it's bottom line. I remember being at the Coliseum when the – I can't remember what year it was, and I hate that I can't do that, but it was when the Broncos were undefeated and the Raiders were not good. I want to say it was the Joe Bugle years. It was bad, right? I mean, we all know Joe Bugle was terrible, right? I mean, but it, it was bad. But they had Kaufman, and Kaufman went out for, like, what, 200-something yards that day? Like, he went off, and they won that game. And I remember I was there – with a friend that was not a football fan at all. And her whole family was nothing but Bronco fans. And so they told her leading them to the game, you're going to see why we're Bronco fans, and I guarantee you won't be a Raider fan when you leave that game. Well, the Raiders won that game, and the way that Napoleon Kaufman ran all over the Broncos and the way that the Coliseum was celebrating and all the fans were embracing everybody, she left that game and she became a diehard Raider fan. Just, so, just like that. I mean, a fan was born that day. And that's how it happens sometimes. I mean, we've done shows here where people, I call in or I ask, hey, what made you a Raider fan? And someone will refer to a game. Oh, man, I was watching this game with my pops and this, that, and the other happened. And all of a sudden, the Raiders won this game. It was like, oh, damn. You know what I mean? It's like there's moments. Not saying it's going to happen on Sunday, but it could. This could be a a, a moment where a fan is born, right? I mean, that game game against the Patriots at Allegiant Stadium, maybe a fan was watching and see Chandler Jones take that one to the house and win the game. A fan could have been born there. Moments like that, that's what you hold on to. Jim in Pennsylvania, you're up next. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? You know, this is the reason why I don't go to football games. Because I hear silly stuff about fans fighting over, you know, who's the better team, why this team moved, you guys. You know, I, I, I was listening to the, the show this morning. A, a fan called up and they had a, a fist fight because uh, if Carl is going to be leaving or not. Okay, well, we're not. We're not hold on, Jim. Let me cut you off real quick. Go ahead, DeMond. Pull him down. Uh, we're not talking about what you heard on the morning show about fans fighting because Carr. So I, I don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about, and I don't mean to cut you off, but let's get focused let's get focused you know new year's resolution for the team and what does the battle of the bay mean to you that's the question that i'm asking not asking about what you heard on the morning show or fans fist fighting with each other because that's not my business and that's not my show 227 is the time robert mays from the athletics is up next red nation radio 920 that was the opening drive of unnecessary roughness here on raider nation radio 920 brought to you by southern nevada chevy dealers home of the chevy silverado the strongest most advanced silverado ever you're listening to unnecessary roughness with your boy q on raider nation radio buffalo wild wings is the location 
7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. Come by and check us out. <laughs> Cookamonga Raider, hit us up on the dobebroke.com text line. Laugh my ass off, Q. How do we get you on the Raider sideline and get them focused too? <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome, right? That'd be awesome. You know what I did think of during the break? I was sharing it with the folks here at Buffalo Wild Wings. You know what? another reason why this game means so much to me? Because Greg Papa is going to be at Allegiant Stadium. Greg Papa is like the soundtrack to my Raider childhood, growing up, everything. There's nothing more than I don't want to hear than Greg Papa yelling out, touchdown San Francisco multiple times. Call me petty. <laughs> Call me petty, but I, that's one thing I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that come Sunday. Like I said, it's, it's almost like, you know, hating on your ex, and that's fine. I'll be that guy to hate on my ex today. Joining us now on the phone lines from The Athletic is our good friend Robert Mays. And, Robert, thanks so much for your time. My man, I do appreciate you. And obviously this week there has been a lot of news surrounding the silver and black. Derek Carr getting sit down for the final two games. Most likely his uh, Raider career is over. Uh, you cover the NFL like a glove. Your podcast is fantastic that you do with The Athletic. What were your initial thoughts when you heard about D.C. getting sat down? I wasn't surprised. When you look at the contract and the way that it's structured, I think there was always a chance of this. You know, that's why I thought that the terms of the deal when I first saw it were so interesting because they have a trap door after that first year. And whenever you have a regime change, whenever you have a new group come in, there's always a chance that they want their guy. They want to remake the franchise the way that they see fit. And I can understand if you're Josh McDaniels looking at Derek Carr and $40 million of Derek Carr and thinking, we don't need to tie ourselves to this. I think that Derek Carr's a fine quarterback. He's, he's one of those guys that is somewhere in the middle of the league. You can win with him. But as far as the room change and the money, so many different things pointed to this being possible. So I didn't find it shocking at all. No, and, and I don't think a lot of people did, you know, that kind of realized the contract situation and, and $40 million and they didn't want to get him injured. But a lot of people were upset with the timing. And, again, I understand the contract, so the timing didn't, didn't confuse me. But just for a fan that, that wants a team to, to win games that are still mathematically alive in the playoffs, was that a bit of a, a, a surprise at all? Sure. I think that the way it was handled – and that's an entirely different conversation. Right, there you and go. And we can definitely debate how deftly this was done. You have a guy who's been there for a decade, yeah. and you're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, and you're going to sit him down. And obviously, however that conversation went, it didn't go great considering he's not around the team anymore. So I think that whole thing and the messaging, that's tough to stomach in a year where I think there's been a lot of that. But as far as, like, the actual practicalities of it, that's what I think just isn't that surprising and isn't that out of bounds. Again, we're talking with Robert Mays from The Athletic here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So if he's out on the open market, and, of course, he's got a no-trade clause, so he can decide where he goes or where he doesn't go, what do you think is realistic as far as what the Raiders could get back in return for Derek Carr? And, and you, know how, you know who he is as a quarterback. It's a great question. I just don't know what he wants. So if you look, I would trade for his deal if I were another team. You know, the, his deal currently, I think he has a $32 million cap hit or so in 2023 with $7.5 million in guaranteed money left on that deal in 2024. So, but if you're Derek Carr, you cannot play on that contract if you don't want to. That's mm -hmm. the benefit of the no-trade clause. So I don't know if he'd want to play on that deal just because there's no guarantees left after this season. So is he going to say, I need a team to give me a new contract if I'm going to accept a trade there? Or is he just going to say, cut me? Uh, I don't, there's no way I'm going to let you trade me on this deal somewhere, so I want to be able to hit the open market as a free agent. 
Now, the fact that he can kind of dictate the terms here throws sort of a strange wrench into it. If I were another team, though, I would absolutely talk to his agent and say, listen, we understand there isn't a lot of security beyond this year. We're happy to give you some, but we would like it to be sort of on this version of the contract. Maybe you convert some of that $32 million into a signing bonus, you know, give him more guarantees from 2024 ahead of that $7.5 million. So there are just so many different layers here. And when you combine all of those considerations with the no-trade clause, I have no idea how this is going to go. Is that somewhat kind of, and I'm not trying to compare the two quarterbacks because they're different tiers, and, and obviously the money is a lot different, but is that kind of what happened with Deshaun Watson and, and the, the Browns' decision to make a trade for him? Because they ripped up a contract that he had with Houston. His contract wasn't expired, but they ripped it up and gave him a whole new one. Absolutely. But the, the difference between that situation and the Jimmy Garoppolo situation yeah. is that the Raiders can cut him for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, People have been comparing this to what happened with Jimmy, and they, the Niners decided, ah, we're not going to give him away. We're not going to cut him for nothing. But they could cut him for no financial penalty all the way up through training camp. So if you want to ride this thing all the way to the end and say, Hey, you know what? Like it didn't work out. Nobody traded. Nobody decided to trade for him. We'd rather have the twenty-five million. That was an option for the Niners. Derek's contract becomes guaranteed on February fifteenth. Right. So the timeline of it and the considerations are a little bit different. So that's why I think that there will be a truncated period of when this is going to happen. You know, I think it will get done before February fifteenth, just because the leverage kind of goes away after that point. Robert Mays is our guest. He's from The Athletic here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say rough. This my man DeMond's got one for you. Yeah, you recently had a tweet, and I think it was about Derek Carr. The world we live in, it's either QBs are elite or they suck, and it's awful. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you 100%. But if Derek Carr were to hit the free market, how many teams out there that are in the mix, you know, that you think would he would make them better or maybe push them over or he's going to make them a playoff team? I think there are a few. You know, the, the two that I would point to, and that – entire dialogue and that entire landscape I think is colored by this idea that non-elite quarterbacks often get paid elite quarterback money and that's something that you don't want to do and if you're working in a vacuum of course you don't want to do that so if you're a team like the Indianapolis Colts for example who's picking fifth in this draft as things currently stand start with start over start with a rookie quarterback contract having those guys on those cheap deals is so incredibly valuable so if you the world is your oyster and you have all these different paths to quarterback play I would not want to go with a 31-year-old guy who's going to cost me $30 million against the cap. But if you're a team like the Jets, or if you're a team like Washington, both of whom are probably finished somewhere between the 15th and 22nd pick if Washington ends up making the playoffs, you don't have a path to a rookie quarterback contract most likely in 2022. So I would kick around and see what it would cost me to go get Derek Carr for a year or two years when it comes to the guaranteed money. You know, people always say this. The fact that Derek signed that three-year, $120 million deal, he makes $40 million a year. No, we didn't even see that extension. He never even got there. So when you dig into some of the, the second-layer conversations about the money, that's what's important. So if I were a team like the Jets and a team like Washington, I wouldn't want to lock myself into $35 million of Derek Carr for the next three years. But if I could make sure that that's what I was paying in 2023 and I had some flexibility beyond that, if I wanted to trade up and go get somebody, I would do it because I think that he makes you competitive right now if you're one of those two teams. They're playoff teams with the quarterback play they've gotten this season, let alone the average quarterback play that you'd probably get with somebody like Derek Carr. 
All right, and something else I want to ask you about, sticking with the Raiders, I don't know how familiar you are with their roster, but do you think with them going forward, they might have a top 10 pick in this year's draft? So should they be a team that start over and rebuild with a rookie contract or go out there and get a veteran? It's a fascinating question. And you know, when they made the moves that they made this offseason, when they went to trade for Devontae Adams and they signed Chandler Jones, those are microwave win-now moves. You know, you're going to get guys that are both over 30 years old, and Chandler Jones' case getting toward his mid-30s. Those are we-want-to-compete-in-this-moment kind of moves. And that's why, to me, the move that always made sense if they were going to move on from Derek Carr is Tom Brady. Okay. He is the team that I think makes the most sense for them. Obviously, you have the McDaniels relationship. and had a lot of success together for a lot of years. And I think that he fits their timeline more than a lot of other teams that could be seeking out quarterbacks this year. But if they wanted to go the rookie route, I would understand that. You know, if they have a guy that they like in this draft, if he's going to be available, they have a chance to kind of hit that reset button in a way that makes sense. So it's more about what they expect in the short term and how they think they're going to achieve that. And I have no idea what the answers to that are. You'd have to ask Dave Ziegler. (laughs) (laughs) But something else, you mentioned Tom Brady. His name has been talked about for years here in Vegas. The local paper, they had his face on the paper years ago. (laughs) And Derek Carr was mad about that. So the flirtation with Tom Brady in Vegas has been going on for a while. But with Tom Brady's play on the field, because some people think that he's washed, how has he been performing this Why season? Why you pause like that? Are you trying to? Are you trying to imply I, me? Yes, I, yes, you were exactly what I was talking about. I said some people. I didn't say Q Myers. Sorry, about but that. some people, Robert, are saying that he's washed. I think that the situation in Tampa has been pretty rough this year. You know, you lose your all-pro center on the first day of training camp. You have a left tackle who's been banged up and whose play has kind of devolved after he got paid. You know, over the last couple of years, he's, he's not been very good this year. They have two new starters on the interior outside of the second-string center. And their ability to not push the ball downfield as a result of that has been an issue. And their weapons have been a little bit banged up. You know, Chris Godwin, they were talking about it on the Thursday night broadcast when they were, this was Sunday night, Christmas Day, when they played against the Cardinals. He was saying, you know, I'm not back to where I was. And you can tell. And their offense has just felt broken to me. When you watch him physically, I don't think he looks like the same guy he was for all of last season when he was arguably the MVP of the league. <laughs> I think his physical skills have deteriorated that much to where he couldn't be a value add to a team that could put him in a good situation. The argument then becomes, are the Raiders a good situation? You know, the right. pass catchers absolutely are, but the offensive line he'd be playing with from a pass blocking, pass protection perspective, is that a lot better than what he got in Tampa last year? And I think that's a worthwhile question. If you were to make that kind of a move, the Raiders decided, hey, you know what, we're going to go with Brady. Uh, it, it's got to be, right, 100% dedication to that offensive line has got to be perfect and that defense has got to be addressed as well. Is, is that the approach you would take? Yes. I, I th- and, and they will have excess resources right. this year. Yeah. You know, this is a team that should have cap space. And the nice thing about Brady is he's always been willing to pay for a little bit, play for a little bit less. Yeah. So I don't know how much that changes with the situation in his personal life, et cetera, but – he always has been willing to do that. So if you can go get Tom Brady for on a deal that, let's say hypothetically he has a $20 million cap hit in 2023, that gives you flexibility to go out and spend on that position group specifically. And even if Derek Carr was going to be their quarterback, that's always what I expected them to do. You know, you look at the dead money left on this team's cap. I mean, they're still dealing with the ghosts of Corey Littleton and, and some of those other moves that they've made. Right. They get out from some of that next year. So... I have to assume that's where they'll be looking to spend some of that money. 
There you go. Interesting stuff. I guess we'll wrap up with this. If you were to make a move for a veteran quarterback, whether it's Brady or someone else, do you think it would be smart if the Raiders are picking in the top ten to still go and try to get uh, you know, a top-tier young quarterback to groom behind that veteran? Potentially, yes. I, I can understand the argument for that. That's about resource allocation. You know, if you think you're in a good enough spot where you can use a first-round pick on a guy that's not going to play, sure, go out and do that. But we just very, very rarely see that. Right. You know, really the last time that happened was with Patrick Mahomes. And I'm going to go on a limb and say that Andy Reid's job security when he made that pick was a little bit better than with the new draft we're dealing with. <laughs> right yeah, I think you're probably right about that. It's going to be very interesting, Robert. Fantastic stuff, my man. What do you got coming out? What are you working on? I know uh, the podcast is fantastic. As soon as I told DeMond that you were coming on the show, he said, man, I listen to the podcast all the time. So he was excited. He was more excited <laughs> than, uh, than he is for this show. So there you go. I appreciate that. Well, we do it a lot. So the show comes out you know, every day, five days a week. Uh, we got a bunch of different guests on. We'll do, we do our Sunday Night Recaps live on, on YouTube and on the podcast feed every week. So we'll have a Sunday Night Recap on Week 17, which is you know, a couple incredible games. So check that out. But we do the athletic football show every single day wherever you get your podcast. So if you're looking for more football talk, uh, we can certainly give you that. No doubt. Well, fantastic stuff, my man. As I mentioned, I appreciate you. We got your buddy Mike Sando coming up a little bit later on the show as well. So uh, definitely appreciate all your guys' work at The Athletic. Have a, a fantastic New Year's, my man. Sounds good. You guys too. All right, there he goes, Robert Mays from The Athletic on Twitter, at Robert Mays. And DeMond is a big fan of the podcast that he puts out and the work that they put out. And I, I am, too. The Athletic does a really good job, has some incredible writers and some uh, incredible podcast cats, just like uh, Robert Mays doing what he does. So we definitely appreciate him. 2.45 is the time. Coors Light has arrived. And what I mean by that is all the goodies, man. Anytime we have a bunch of goodies, I even have a Raiders Santa hat. And my man Brian brought it over to me like I was going to put it on my head. But you know I don't wear no hats, man. You know I don't wear no hats, so I'm definitely not going to do that. I will hook it up, though. Someone uh, someone from Raider Nation is going to come on by and get hooked up with this. We have the onesies. We've got T-shirts. We've got nice little uh, beer glasses. We've got some Raider Nation Radio 920 cups. We've got some Coors Light cups, Raider cups. we got everything you need, man. I can go down the laundry list, or you can just come by and check it out. So come on by 7430 South Las Vegas Boulevard. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wings with Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Just had a really good conversation with Robert Mays from The Athletic. Talking Derek Carr, talking about the Raiders' options moving forward, quarterback position, veterans, rookies. He touched a little bit on Derek Carr's contract. I think he brought a little clarity to it and what the Raiders could do, but we're going to get a lot of clarity coming up at 3 o'clock. Joel Corey, CBS Sports, is going to join the show. And, man, you want to talk about a dude who could break down some contracts. Joel Corey is my guy. So excited about that conversation that's coming up at the top of the hour but we do want to hear from you at 702-365-9200 and also our don't be broke.com text line is 69187 keyword r&r i'm throwing out the question man what would your one new year's resolution for the raiders be if you can give one new year's resolution what would it be and also what does the battle of the bay mean to you it means a lot i know it's the battle of the bay by way of vegas that's how i'm coining it but it means a lot to me what does this game coming up on sunday mean to you Got a bunch of good text messages. Also got a text about that, uh, that video that I referenced earlier in the show, uh, that Lady Raider fan and the Patriot fan that got into it. said, hey, Q, the video with the Lady Raiders fan and the Patriot fan that most people have seen does not show Walter moments. Though I believe the lady could have done better, the Pats fan looks to be the instigator in the longer video that most have not seen. I dislike the jump to conclusions because people, including our team president, have old ideas of Raider fans being the worst. That's from the 323. And, look, the bottom line is – I don't care whose fault it was. Sometimes things happen 
to everybody in life that aren't necessarily your fault, but you can handle things better. It could, it, if you're going to have people in, in the stands at games, fans want to go to games, just act your age, right? Act like you got some common sense. That's all I'm saying. It's not a big deal. I don't care whose fault it is. It's not always, well, that, that person did this, that person did that. It doesn't really matter. Just act cool. And she didn't act cool. And if he didn't act cool, then shame on him. But the team president, when you bring up the team president, you know what she did? She tried to make a situation better by being the, the, the better person and saying, you know what? Hey, we'll, we'll welcome you back to Allegiant Stadium make sure that you have a, a, a better experience. Regardless, sometimes it's called taking the higher road. You're not always wrong. I know all the time when I apologize, I'm not always wrong. Sometimes I'm just saying, you know what, F it. I'll take the higher road and I'll be good. Right? Some, there's something to be said about that at times. You don't, it doesn't always have to be like, well, it was this person's fault. Okay, fine. This is big. But what about him when you get in trouble as a kid? Right. He was doing it too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I tell my kids all the time, I don't care what they did. I care about what you did. And that's it. It's not about, well, he was at fault too. Fine, let, let his mama and daddy deal with him. I'm going to deal with mine. So it's not, it's not a big deal. Just saying, man, if, 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 if you're going to be in the stands, I know you're spending good money, so are they. Just act cool. That's all. Yelling, screaming, that's fine. But getting all up in people's faces and having to have someone pull you off of them, I mean, that's embarrassing. If, if, I don't care if there's a long-form movie, <laughs> a two-hour movie where that dude is, is acting that way. That lady acting like that looks bad on her because that's what everyone's seeing. So that's all we're saying. It doesn't really matter. It's not, it's not jumping to conclusions. Just be better. That's all. Got a text from the 805. Raider Nation will be pulling for Stidham to be the next Purdy. But if it's a blowout, the boos will be deafening. That's 805 Raider hit us with that. Uh, got another text. <laughs> hey, Q, after yesterday's show, is a surprise guest J-Lo? LOL. No, no, definitely not. If, if J-Lo was the guest, hey, what's happening? If J-Lo was the guest, you would know off top. That's all I'd be talking about on the show. <laughs> If J-Lo was coming on the show, there would be three hours of J-Lo talk. So, uh, Robert, <laughs> what do you think about J-Lo? What's your I mean, favorite? Like, you know what, J-Lo? I think that you were done wrong, man. I think that all 18 of your husbands have all been wrong. It was all their fault. You know, I just said that they ain't worried about whose fault it is. It would be their fault when it comes to J-Lo. <laughs> I would not worry about that. Man, I'll tell you, we can talk about the Raiders later. We'll talk about J-Lo right now. <laughs> so, no, that's definitely not the, that's definitely not the, uh, the, the, the surprise guest. Uh, got a text with a 925. Hooker will fall in the draft. He tore his ACL. That's the quarterback from Tennessee. And, yeah, he did. I hate that he tore his, his ACL. I remember when watching that game when it happened. And, really, man, I really hate that for him. I don't know, I don't know what he's going to be as an NFL quarterback. I really don't. I like what he does. I like what he did in college. I just don't know what, how he translates. I'm not 100% sold yet. I do like, uh, what, DTR? Is that, is that how you say his name? Dorian Thompson uh, from, matter of fact, UCLA is on right now. Uh, they're beating the brakes off. Of, no, they're not. It's close. 30, is it 35-34? Yeah, 35-34 uh, right now against Pitt. That's a really close game, as a matter of fact. Oh, man. There's, four, there's only 29 seconds. Oh, man, I got I to gotta narrate this game play-by-play. Play. <laughs> Why did someone tell me that this game was so close? But I like DTR from, uh, from UCLA. I just I got I to gotta continue to study him a little bit more. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that I guess my best answer is I got to do my extra homework on. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Um, Let's say, uh, who else do we got? I guess that's it for now. There you go. All right, so that's the text that we got. So we appreciate you. But you can hit us up at any point. Again, 69187, keyword R&R, and the, that's the text line. And the phone line is 702-365-9200. Don't call us yet because we do have a guest coming up. But the question that I'm throwing out there, if you can make a New Year's resolution for the Raiders, what would it be? And what does the Battle of the Bay mean to you? 
and I know it's the Battle of the Bay by way of Vegas. All right, one more text real quick. Alan in Vegas, who might be sitting right next to me, said, <laughs> said uh, Alan in Vegas, 2002, San Francisco at Oakland. Jose Cortez, Cortez missed three field goals, game-winning field goals. Thought we had the win. Niners won. I heard about bang, bang, Niner gang all day at school. The next day, this rivalry means so much to me. Stidham gets us uh, some bragging rights. New Year's resolution, commitment to excellence. No penalties. Can't step on your own feet. I like that. I like that. And, man, that bang, bang, Niner gang thing, I can't stand. I cannot stand that. Like, I'm, I'm an E-40 guy being from the Bay, but, man, that's where me and, and, me and Earl got to cut ties for the day. <laughs> right? Don't let – look, Ice Cube and Too Short are performing at halftime on Sunday. Don't let E-40 be walking around Allegiant Stadium talking all that trash. Don't let E-40 be up there. We'll call him by his government name. Don't have Earl Stevens out there talking all that trash, man. That's the last thing I want to see. So I'm glad, I'm glad Allen brought that up, man, that bang, bang, Niner game. That's the last thing I want to hear on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. 2.57 is the time. When we come back, Joel Corey, CBSSports.com, will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.